Hey dancers, welcome back to Broche Banter. I'm your host, Julie, and on this season, season two, we're going to continue breaking down all of the facets of ballet. Ballet is a vast and wide art form with so many different things to focus on, and we are breaking them down one by one so you can see and understand all the different pieces and parts of ballet, so you can understand which parts you care about most, where you want to focus your time and efforts, and what will make you into the dancer of your dreams. So today, the fourth facet we're talking about is athleticism, becoming an athlete, getting strong, fit, and flexible. So cross-training and conditioning, flexibility, strength, mobility, these are all such buzzwords, and I'm going to break them down a little bit for you and how I see and think about them. A lot of the advice you see on the internet and around town is often sort of tailored at children who are wanting to become professionals or at professional dancers. As people who began ballet later in life, or maybe took long break from it and came back to it later, we have a very different, not only body, but life circumstance and also goals with our ballet. And so our cross training and our flexibility and all of that advice can sometimes be a little bit different than what you need when you're dancing in the studio eight hours a day, or when you're attempting a professional career or a professional track. If you are an extremely passionate and dedicated dancer who's doing it for their love and for their enjoyment and not necessarily to make a professional career out of it, it's a very different boat of what you may or may not want to work on outside of the studio. So I'm going to break it down a little bit for you and how I see them applying in this world of ballet as adults and for love and for passion and for achieving a high level with our enjoyment of it. So as always in my world at Broche Ballet, on Broche Banter, at the International Adult Ballet Festival, everything I create depends on you and your goals. You do not have to do anything. You can choose everything. Everything is your choice, your prerogative, and based on what you want out of this life and out of your ballet journey. You have incredibly unique goals. One dancer might be obsessed with turns, whereas another is obsessed with jumps, and another is obsessed with getting their legs high. Some want to go on point, some want to be more graceful. There's so many different things that you can be obsessed with in ballet, and when you really look at it, most of us have a particular area that we love the most and want to work on. So everything is your choice. Also, I will say that we all start somewhere quite different as adults. Our bodies have diverged quite a bit from where a bunch of 10-year-olds might be starting with quite similar bodies. I mean, there's obviously variants in each person at the beginning of their life, but later in life, we have so many more things to consider, whether we've had you know, pregnancy, a C-section with twins, a car accident, whether you spent your childhood horseback riding or doing gymnastics or ice skating or uh, in the debate team or playing music or doing math, learning a bunch of languages, all of your background really affects your body and your mind and where you are coming from in a substantially different way. So everything you're looking for in your cross training, I mean, all of ballet too, but this episode is particularly about cross training. All of this is really needs to be tailored to A, where you personally are coming from, your personal needs with your body, and B, your particular goals, where you want to go with ballet, where you want to go in your life with ballet. So when it comes to 
everything we're going to talk about today, like just obviously I'm not a doctor. I'm not pretending to be one. And this is not physical therapy or a substitute for medical advice. If you have like an actual injury, problem, pain, whatever, this would not be the place to get that solved. Go see somebody who can actually work on that. All of this advice is obviously assuming that you're generally healthy, cleared for activity and really represents what I've seen work for years of, of not only myself, but uh, seeing hundreds, if not thousands of adults at this point, starting ballet from all kinds of fitness and flexibility starting points. So speaking of starting points, I started my life hating exercise. I hated running. I was super inflexible. I failed the sit and reach test in school where you have to sit and try to touch your toes. I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't really do an actual push up until well into my twenties, nor could I really touch my toes until uh, within college, I would say, when I took some dance classes within college. So I, I really didn't start off enjoying sort of physical activity, if you will. Uh, when I found ballet, it was great because it was something that I could do for my body and for exercise that I loved and that I wanted to go to and that I couldn't wait to do it. Ballet itself didn't transform my relationship with general exercise. However, it was the best way for me to get moving and get my body going, basically jumpstart myself. Ballet is so alluring that it could overcome my dislike of all other types of exercise. So if you are in that boat, if you started off not liking exercise, not liking stretching, feeling super inflexible and out of shape, I can relate to that. And that is how I began my ballet journey as well. So if you're in that boat right now and you just love ballet class and you just only have a little bit of time each week and your favorite thing to do is dance and you just want to spend all of your spare time in the ballet studio, that is amazing. I've I've been there in my life. It is so, ballet is so fun and enjoyable and uh, you, as especially as an adult ballet dancer, you don't have to exercise also outside of the studio. Throughout the course of this episode, I'm going to explain to you some reasons why you might consider it if you have specific types of goals. But if right now you're in a place where you just love ballet and you love moving your body with the beautiful music and across the floor and with your friends at the bar and that's what you like to do with your time and energy, then that is a really valid way to enjoy ballet at a really deep level and have a great time with it and moving your body. You're going to get lots of benefits from it and you're going to get strong and you're going to get more flexible and a lot of great things are going to happen. Now, what is cross-training, flexibility, mobility, all that good stuff? Why would you want to do it? We're going to talk about a few of these things right now. So first of all, what cross-training is and what it isn't. Cross-training, well, there, there's definitely definitely some debate on these words and vocabulary. So uh, of course, take all of this for what it is, is my take on all of it and how I see all of the different things that are being discussed and talked about. So cross-training is generally meant to be something that looks quite different from what you do in the studio. So in the studio, everything is turned out and uh, very upright and very lifted. And so something that would be cross-training would be something very different. So your legs in parallel or weightlifting or gentle cycling or an elliptical or kind of explosive movements in parallel. These are things that are going to look a lot different from your ballet training. Those what I would say are cross-training. Conditioning exercises, I would say, can be more similar to what you do in ballet class. So conditioning your turnout, conditioning your core like you might in ballet class, um, you know, gyrotonic type of a thing, Pilates type of a thing is a little bit closer to what you see in the ballet studio, maybe a little bit more like conditioning than cross training, which is 
what that sounds like. It's a cross training. So it's different type of training. Strength, flexibility, and coordination are really what you're getting with cross training and conditioning. Uh, strength and flexibility, I would say, are different in that. Let me start with flexibility. In that flexibility is your ability to reach a certain position in your body. So your ability to with help achieve a certain position whether that help is gravity or a prop or something it's like a static position you're able to do it with something holding you there then strength would be your ability to get into that position all by yourself without assistance so flexibility is the positions that are available to your body all the positions that your body can be put in and then i would say strength is your ability to get into those and work through the end ranges of the flexibility that you have Coordination is essentially timing of all of your limbs uh, so that you can explode and use the power of your body all at once. If your limbs are not all moving in the same direction, then your momentum is going to be wasted and it won't be all going in the same direction. You want to picture it like uh, a nicely raked Zen garden. Everything is moving in the same direction at the same time and working together as a unit. So lots of things can get you strength, flexibility, and coordination. Ballet gets you some of that too. So let's talk a little bit about the difference between ballet and these other things and why the other things could be more helpful than ballet class in different contexts. One thing that cross-training and all of this type of thing, whether it's yoga, Pilates, floor bar, progressing ballet technique, weightlifting, running, cycling, martial arts, you name it, any of the other types of things, One thing it's not going to do is make ballet easy. Ballet is hard, no matter how you slice it. Holding your turnout is very difficult. Holding your posture is very difficult. Pirouettes are very difficult. Coordination and gracefulness are all very challenging topics. And so the one thing that you want to be mindful of is that even if you do have an extensive cross training and conditioning routine that you take all of that strength and flexibility back to the ballet studio and still figure out how to apply it all in context with everything that's going on. So that's what they're not. They're not going to just make ballet a snap. They're not going to just make it a cinch. Ballet still takes quite a lot of practice. That would be like saying going to practice the vowel sounds of a new language is going to make that language easier. Well, it's going to make those vowel sounds more familiar, but you're still going to have to work on the language. You're still going to have to work on the memorization. You're still going to have to practice speaking it and recalling it and different situations. So ballet class will give you a lot more strength, a lot more flexibility, and a lot more coordination for sure. Where you're going to want to turn outside the ballet studio for help, let's say, and I like to think, especially as, as dancers who are enjoying ballet recreationally, enjoying ballet for our passion and our love, is that approach cross-training and conditioning to solve problems. So as an example, if you're having some pain in your joints, that is a great time to take a pause and go to work with somebody on additional strength and coordination to protect those joints and make sure that you are keeping your body safe and healthy. That's one big area is injury prevention. So a lot of ballet, well, I should say all of ballet is executed in turnout and your life in general is executed in parallel. 
Now, when we are not doing a lot of exercise in parallel and we're only doing exercise in turnout, this can create a bit of an imbalance in our muscles and in our legs where we're not building up the muscles that are stabilizing our knees as much and we're working only on opening our hips and putting our hips in this very open uh, position with our knees facing sideways. If the hips are not quite strong enough yet or if the quads aren't strong enough or the glutes or the core is not supporting your knee joints, as an example, you might develop a little bit of pain on the insides of the knees as you increase the amount of ballet you're taking or you start to try to push your limits. So that is number one, a great reason to get outside the studio, go seek some assistance from someone like a physical therapist or like a dance movement specialist like Ali Christensen at Align Fitness by Ali. These people can help you fortify your body for ballet. So that's the first big reason. If you're starting to develop some aches and pains and you want to be able to keep dancing at that level, go out, seek out strength and additional mobility to be able to achieve these positions in the studio. Number two, if your teacher keeps giving you a correction and you feel like you cannot do it. What I mean by that is if your teacher keeps telling you to flatten out your lower back as an example, or to open the knees more, to get a deeper plie, or to get a higher releve, or that you're not able to keep up stamina-wise all the way till the end of class. These are areas where you will probably see some progress within ballet class, but you're going to see much quicker results if you take these issues outside the ballet studio and work on them in a different context. Why are you going to see different results outside the studio than inside the ballet studio? Well, I would say two reasons. Number one, In the ballet studio, there are a million things going on, like maybe even 10 million things going on. There's combinations to remember, there's music, there's things moving quickly, you only do things once or twice, combination-wise. There's other people you're thinking about, the teacher is thinking about a bunch of different people. The teacher is wrangling a bunch of different people's different goals and needs throughout the class. And all of that is quite unfocused and you won't get much specific attention or focus on the one area that you need. Like let's say you personally need more strength in the sort of top of your core to be able to keep your upper back from continuing to fall backwards. Your ballet class is not going to be really focused on that the whole time because it's doing so, so, so many different things. Ballet class is kind of like putting everything together and the facets we're talking about are kind of like taking it all apart, working on it in isolation so that you can put it back in context in the ballet studio. So the second reason would be that outside the ballet studio, you can either A, change your relationship with gravity or B, add resistance to encourage your body to make an actual change. So when you're trying to change how you stand, as an example, when you're trying to fundamentally alter the shape of your spine to change your posture, so most humans don't have ballet posture naturally or by default, but obviously we all want ballet posture in the studio and on the stage. And so if you are continuing to stand in the same relationship with gravity, upright, and trying to change your spine, your body is going to very quickly settle back into what is comfortable for it without you really even noticing. It's very difficult to make a change to something in the same context that you're used to doing it. So to change the shape of your spine in the same way as you're normally standing in your life is very difficult. So either adding resistance or changing your relationship with gravity are two really great ways to make changes. And now in ballet studio, we don't use resistance bands in ballet studio. We don't use weights uh, and we don't do much 
on the floor, which changes our relationship with gravity, right? So if we're normally up and we go to lay on our backs or on our stomachs, we are changing our relationship with gravity. So those two things really encourage your body to make huge changes. One of the things to remember about your body is that your body's whole job is to keep living, right? That's like its whole job is to like keep you going and keep you alive and keep you upright and keep you from falling over. And your body has all these defense mechanisms that it's developed over the years to keep you happy, healthy, vertical, and, you know, not, not starving, right? So your body does not bother expending the energy to build new muscles or build new movement patterns, even that take too much effort. Because its whole job is to kind of keep your body conserved and not add on more effort than necessary. Your body's whole thing is to conserve energy so that you have more for later. So in order to coax your body to build new patterns and build new muscles, you have to kind of wake it up a little bit. You have to kind of put it into a different position. That's where weights, resistance bands, or getting horizontal on the ground, whether weight bearing on your hands or just on your back, can really, really make bigger changes in your deep muscles, your stabilizers, your posture, your turnout, uh, it can make a huge difference in those areas. So to summarize so far, when to leave your beloved studio time and replace it or add on with cross training. Number one, we've got, if you're feeling like an injury is coming on, if you're feeling like you've got some nagging aches and pains that you want to work out, that's a great time to get out of the studio and take care of that before it becomes a bigger problem. Number two is if you're feeling like you can't achieve something that your teacher keeps giving you as a correction. Some change is not being made week after week in class. That's a great time to go outside the studio and seek additional ways to work on that particular area. So moving into the final part, which is what to do, (laughs) what to do outside of the studio for cross training, conditioning, and coordination. Well, all of that depends on, as I said at the beginning, your where you're starting from and where you want to go. Now, I want to just talk about two more little types of things here that are super interesting before I get into some of the more general things. So number one is the Kniesa floor bar method, which our good friend India Rose teaches online from her home studio in Paris. And it is such a amazing floor bar method because it is all about programming how your legs and your core move together. Again, with that different relationship to gravity, because that different relationship to gravity really, really helps you learn and understand the things that when you're standing become almost invisible to you and to your body. It helps you get deep into your hips using the floor for support and using gravity in a different way to help sort of code turnout and core usage and ankle stretching into your body. So when you stand up, these things have a little bit more context to them. Something else that's kind of along these lines is the progressing ballet technique method. This one uses props like the exercise balls and long therabands and the small Pilates ball, which give you a little bit of resistance as well uh, to help you find some of these muscles that are difficult to find. It puts your body in really unstable positions to help you stabilize yourself. Now with progressing ballet technique, it is a super interesting method. It does really work well to fire up your core and get your body stabilized. It does require a little bit of equipment and setup, so you have to be uh, somewhat committed to it to get the balls out, get the therabands out, and go through a whole program, but it does have a very interesting method of stabilizing and getting you in touch with your deep, deep muscles. Now, generally speaking, 
what's the best thing to do? Well, I would say it's the thing you're going to do. What I mean by that is if you are going to spend your whole day planning this beautiful cross-training schedule that equally balances every part of your body over the next six weeks, over every single day, and then you never do a single part of it, that is not a helpful cross-training routine. If you do a yoga class from YouTube for 10 minutes every single day for six weeks, that is a better cross-training program than the one that you planned perfectly and you did none of. That's my point there. Now, my first suggestion is if you don't have a cross-training routine is to start one. The hardest part of a new routine is the routine itself. The hardest part is carving out the time, hearing your own excuses, hearing why you don't want to show up, working through each and every single one of those excuses and reasons why you don't want to show up. You're too tired. You need to figure out how to eat after work. You need to wake up earlier. You need to figure out how to set up the equipment quickly. You need to figure out what classes you like to take. There's so many things you have to sort out when you're starting a new routine that if you don't have a routine, the act of starting a routine, even if all you did was just get your clothes on and hit play and hit stop on a video every single day until that part became normal, that is already a better start than the six weeks of perfectly beautifully planned cross-training that you did none of. Because once you have the time and the space for it to achieve the goals you want, you've thought about what problem you're trying to solve, why you care about it, what you want to do, getting started is the next hardest part. Okay, so saying that we've gotten started, we have the time and the space carved out and we're ready to work on a specific area. So what is the best thing to do? If you are finding in class that you have a lot more flexibility than you have strength. So for example, if you can stretch all the way forward and touch the floor with your palms on the floor, but your devlapes can't lift up past your knees, then for you, probably what you need is more strength. Probably you need more core strength. Probably you need to spend more time on your hands, uh, on your hands if your wrists will allow it to connect your core to your hips and to your legs. Probably you need more time with strength. Now, the other side of that, if you can't touch the ground yet, if you can't touch your toes yet, then you probably need to work on flexibility and increasing your range of motion, something that will help you get in touch with those stretching sensations in your body, help you feel comfortable stretching and help you increase your range of motion. So something like yoga can be super helpful and easy to just get started with it and get yourself moving in that direction. Once you get into it, Once you start seeking it out, then from there, you can start troubleshooting further and opening up where you want to go next. Now, one of the biggest questions that I will sort of close up with is a question I get, which is how to balance out all the different areas of cross-training. Now, this is a tough one because the answer is kind of difficult in that you can't really hold (laughs) <laughs> balance, is, balance is elusive is what I'm trying to say. Once you find the perfectly balanced routine, you'll think of something else you want to work on or you'll grow into those exercises and they won't be challenging for you anymore and you'll have to come up with new ones. Life is always in flux and changing and we don't need to strive for the perfect, perfect, perfect balance of everything in every moment. What I would recommend doing is focusing on a specific area pretty intensely for six weeks see what kind of progress you can get, and then move on to another area. 
The thing about the cross training is you can kind of get a running head start on a particular area and then use that in ballet class. Once you have kind of a running head start and you're able to really get in touch with these muscles, it's a little easier to keep using and keep strengthening them within ballet class. So for example, if you do a six weeks of 10 minutes a day of, you know, maybe five days a week of turnout conditioning and turnout work. After that six weeks, when you're in ballet class, you're going to be feeling those turnout muscles so much more deeply. You're going to be able to keep working them so much more intensely just through the course of regular ballet class that you can let those coast a little bit while you focus on your upper back strength or while you focus on your core strength. And then you can cycle back around to the turnout. You can try that type of method to really focus in on an area for some weeks and then switch after that. You can also try doing a little bit of everything over time. However, what I find with the sort of little bit of this, little bit of that alternating every single day type of routine is that you don't get enough time under tension for any one area where you're not gonna see as much progress as if you just dedicated your 10 to 15 minutes a day of cross training stretching time to one area and then rotate to the next area. Yes, that one area might lapse a little bit while you're working on the other ones. You can do just a little bit of maintenance to keep it up and then come back around and focus and push hard. You wanna think about kind of chipping away at each of these goals and each of these areas over time, keep chipping away, keep working on them. All this being said, if you have one particular goal, like let's say you want your middle splits, you're obsessed with that and you really, really want that, then work on that until you get that and enjoy that process and love those middle splits and let the other things sit aside while you work on that. Assuming most of us don't have two hours a day to work on all of our crush training, I would recommend to focus your time on the areas that you personally care about the most and want to achieve the most. Now you'll notice I didn't talk about turns in this particular episode too much. That's because I've got an entire episode dedicated to turns and all the different areas to work on for turns. They kind of need and warrant their own whole thing. So as always, this episode and the whole season and your whole ballet journey depends totally on you, on your goals, on the time you want to spend on your body and what you find enjoyable. Ballet will be easier the stronger and more flexible you are. Ballet will definitely be easier the stronger and the more flexible you are. So if you can find an activity that you really enjoy outside of the studio to get really strong, really fit, and really flexible, ballet will definitely become easier. Your legs will start going higher. Your core will start being able to stay activated. But again, if you are in a season of your life where the love of ballet is your one and only true love, and that's the only form of exercise you want to spend your time in, That is a perfectly, perfectly valid way to enjoy ballet. Don't be afraid to let your routines come and go. Don't be afraid to experiment with different things. Don't be afraid to ask for help, to Google things, to be skeptical about advice that you hear, to ask people questions, to look into things. Just pay attention to your body, pay attention to your goals, pay attention to what you find interesting, pay attention to the areas that you're curious about, pay attention to what hurts in your body, what doesn't hurt in your body, the different types of hurt that you might feel, pinching, stretching, dull ache and pain, pay attention to all this stuff. Pay attention to how you feel both physically and mentally as you work through your ballet cross training routine, let it come and go. Let it ebb and flow with your goals. Let it morph 
as you grow as a dancer. What it is today, what it is on your first day of starting is going to be very different than what it would be a year into a ballet program or a cross training program. Let it grow with you. Let it change as you find new goals. If you take some quote unquote steps backwards, change your routine to help get you back in the swing of things. It doesn't have to be the same all day, every day to achieve amazing results. Consistency is going to take you really, really far. Consistency is going to help you achieve your goals and help you stay curious about what you want to work on. So next week, we're going to keep talking about the next facet, which is about focus and the mind, how you can improve your ability to pay attention in class, memorize combinations, and manage the mental side of ballet. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a ballet friend. Leave us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. Drop me a line on Instagram at Broche Ballet, and I hope to see you in the next episode.